Podcast. So the steps are taking control of your mind because if you're suffering from anxiety and depression, your mind is running like a wild horse in the wilderness. Um, reprogramming the old programming because guaranteed that you have some old beliefs in there that uh, that aren't serving you. And the third one is healing your past. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Welcome, beautiful souls, to another day, another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. I am your host, Harrison, here as always, as is frequent, as is flowing here on the podcast with another beautiful guest and spirit and energy to share with you today. I'm excited to get into her intro here in a second, but I've been getting in the habit of starting these episodes recently with some gratitude and some love. I've already had, as I was just sharing with my guest before we started recording, so much love, so much feedback, so many comments coming through with how what you're getting, what you're what you're sort of learning from this thus far. And I'm grateful and I'm excited and keep it coming. But let's get into it. Let's get straight into the chat today because I'm excited to share this woman with you. Maricela Abasta is a friend, a colleague, a mentor in many ways. She is a mental health strategist. She is a hypnotherapist. But as is the theme, as is the tone of this podcast, if you've been tuning in weekly, she is so, so, so much more. And that so much more is what I want to share with you today. So Maricela, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to be here with you and excited to be part of your podcast. Thank you for having me. How are you feeling, my friend? So you're excited, but what's, I know you're very, you're in a very intuitive, graceful woman. What's, what's coming up right now as we get started? Um, for me, what's coming up is ex- excitement. I just, it, it's going to be exciting. I know, and I believe that any podcast that I've done or anything that I've done that for me, God is going to bring the people that need to hear it. And so being able to, to be here with you today, to share whatever questions you have, whatever comes up, comes up. And it just, it's meant to be heard by somebody. So I'm actually feeling, uh, really excited and, uh, honored. The honor is mine. And I think that's where I would love to start. So what I usually do here with these episodes is I like providing a bit of background of the beautiful people that come on. We've spent a lot of time together. I know you very well. And maybe there is some, I've already suspected there is some past connection that we have because of that familial connection. But for new people hearing your voice and hearing and feeling in your energy, I want to get a bit of context about the beautiful light that you are. So Maricela, I'd love for you to share a little bit about, you know, we're going to get into some of the elements of what you do in this world, but I want to hear a little bit about what has led you to being this light today. So more specifically around you being a mental health strategist, a hypnotherapist, and maybe, you know, the pivotal events and pain teachers that have allowed you to be this light that you are today. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, all these thoughts came to my mind. <laughs> um, what has brought me to, to this pivotal point? Okay. What has brought me to this point and to, to be the light? I did not choose it. I'll just tell you that I did not choose to, um, you know, I love what I do, but initially this was, I was a realtor and I was doing great. I loved what I did, but, uh, for me, God as a I'm I'm Catholic and I, I you know follow a religion. And so for me, God very poignantly said, You're gonna do this now. All of this that you went through, all of the hell that you went through in your 20s, everything that you learned from that and that you've come out of, it is now time for you to teach it to people. And this was 10 years ago. And so all I could do was. I I mean, I was dragged for some time, but all I could do is obey and say, okay, let's make this happen. Um, So let's follow uh, the pool. Let's follow the pool. Follow the pool. And so for me, the pool was that was, this is the mission. This is your purpose. This is why I put, brought you to this earth. And this is why you suffered for this moment. Mm. And so it brought me here. So let's, let's flow from that. And, you know, I'm really grateful that we have crossed paths, my friend, because you, that purpose and that passion was, you know, when I first met you, it was there from day one. 
right? And I, I just, I remember holding so many spaces with you and getting to share, both of us share our voices together. I think that was one of the reasons that I spent so much time with you because that passion and that purpose was so magnetic within you, right? I, you know, I think it could have been released in any way and I would have been pulled to it because it was released in something that we were both common in speaking around. It just made it so much more magnifying. I want to go back a little bit to something that you said about some of the pain and the suffering that you went through. Can you speak a little bit about that? And just to give a bit of context, today we're talking, we're going to hit on a lot of the mental elements here today, the emotional structures and feelings and, and healing. What was the event or series of events that led you to be this person who speaks so confidently about these topics today? Well, that was a different person to, to, to be so confident to, I had to come through a lot, but what, I, going back to what the pain was that brought me and what I share from is um, in my early twenties, uh, in my early twenties is where I, it all began. No, it all began from birth, but um, in my early twenties, I began to suffer actually at 19, I started to have traumas come up. I started to have these memories, these painful memories. And as they started to come up, I didn't know how to deal with them. So I would numb and I would do things. Um, I would do my best to not feel them. Um, so I went to doctors because what is the what do commercials teach us? Oh, that little pill, it could help, right? So I went to doctors, oh, diagnosed with, um, at the time, depression, anxiety. I was having panic attacks. I had OCD. I had mood swings. Back in the day, they called them mood swings. Now it's like bipolar. Um, I So slew of medication. Did that for three years. Nothing was working. Um, I went from being depressed to now being in the deepest, the deepest part of, of depression. Um, and eventually the last year was the deepest part was suicide, uh, suicidal thoughts for that year. It was just sleeping. I wasn't functioning. I couldn't even work. I've had to drop out of high college, not high school. I had to drop out of college. I had two little girls I was raising. I was a wife, a military wife at the time. Um, and a lot, a lot of things that needed your attention. Too many things that needed my attention. Talk about stress and overwhelm. But I think what was the most stressful was those memories. Those memories in this, a little trigger warning here, but the memory really ultimately was of being violated by my stepdad. Mm. And those memories were not going away. They were getting worse. They were affecting my marriage. I couldn't function even intimately with my husband anymore. It just, it was too much. Um, and just to, just to jump in here, Marisela, if, 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 if you are a regular listener of this, of this podcast and you've been listening to a lot of the other, other episodes I've been doing, you can probably start to pick out where I'm the direction I'm going to take this chat here in a second. But so thank you for sharing that, Marcel, and thank you for always being so open and vulnerable. And, you know, again, this is why we are friends and this is why we, I think our energies are aligned in many ways. I want to, you know, with this, I'm interested here with this pain, well, all these pain teachers, all these beautiful lessons, these things that you're moving through that we're going to break down even more from a sort of what you're doing now perspective in a second, but I want to hear about, you know, where does the, I'm wondering where the hypnotherapy comes into this, not from a practical perspective, because I want to get into that in a second, but more from a you in your purpose, did this tool set drop down when you sort of stepped into your power or was it a bit before that? Actually, the hypnotherapy has only been three years. Um, but eight years ago, I actually was trained in a different modality, a body and mind technique where I actually take people into the subconscious mind and we, we heal trauma. So traditional therapy or hypnotherapy that I do is, is um, timeline therapy, but this other modality uh, that did not get dropped in my lap. I went to a, what was the I, name? What was the name of the other one? RIM by Dr. Yep. Deb Sandella. Yep. Uh, she, she's a therapist that uh, teaches this, this, this process or this uh, fantastic technique, but it, it got brought to me because in the moment I was at a Jack Canfield, which is initially where I started. I went to learn how to be a speaker and a trainer through him. And I had this meltdown, this emotional meltdown. And this guy came out, God, for me, it was a divine, you know, intervention. This guy came out. He's like, what's going on? I said, I just, I feel, you know, all these emotions. I don't know what to do with them. Um, and he took me through this process 
And I said, I need to learn that process because I want to help people faster. Um, and so I learned that process. And then as far as the hypnotherapy, it came in because I always felt like I wanted to, I have my process that I teach with women and that I've been doing for 10 years, but it, it takes a little bit longer. I was looking for maybe some things that I could help people faster with. And yeah. so combining what I did with the rim, uh, the rim with the Dr. Deb Sandella and what I do now with hypnotherapy, I've combined the two and you've yeah, made a you. You've made a you thing. I made that, a me. Yeah. yeah, this is this is a really interesting component. And I am, just to be very transparent with everyone, you know, I'm quite early on in my sort of practitioner journey. And I, this is what I'm starting to learn now as a part of it, right? We we get pulled to all these different tools and modalities for, you know, specific reasons, a higher guidance, a, you know, God, universe, whatever you want to call it. For me, it's that love, right? But then what tends to happen is, and this is what you're describing, it tends to happen is we get all these tools, we get, we gain all this wisdom from other people. And that, and then we, we put ourselves through that wisdom. And then this beautiful creative process occurs where now we're sort of taking the tools and combining them into an expression, a more unique expression of our love. Does that resonate Marcella, with what oh. you're saying? A thousand percent, a thousand percent. And there's something that you said too, back when I started to learn the tools, I didn't realize that they need to be done to me first. Yes. Because I thought, oh, I've already been through my healing journey. When I was 24, I went, you know, I went through my healing journey. No, I still had more healing to do. So learning these other modalities, I healed actually when I was 20, uh, when I went through, no, I wasn't 20. When I learned, uh, it was in my thirties, when I learned this rim. I healed the the trauma of, of being violated by my stepdad there, not when I was 24. I learned it in and was done because the, the process was done to me. And in that process, I was able to heal and overcome the trauma of being violated. And even with hypnotherapy, for years, I carried this pain of thinking that my mom didn't love me. Like she just didn't love me. She didn't. And then in hypnotherapy, because it gets done to you, because as you're learning, so I could go help people, it's being done to ourselves. I've, I've healed so many, so many deeper um, traumas that I didn't realize were still stuck in there and, and has brought me to this confident person that now helps people uh, without feeling fear and, you know, imposter syndrome and all that stuff. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny, my friend. <laughs> and I'm just getting this sort of download right now. We, my first exposure to hypnotherapy was through you. Right, it was through uh, the timeline therapy that you've you you practice and that you've done in the past, and and I just want to give a testimonial to what you're saying right now. I at the time when we were doing it together, I, I constantly remembered the one of the the main things that you were sharing with me was that you know you felt that this was needed. You felt that this was needed. You felt that this exchange of your gifts helping me and my gifts helping you, you felt it was needed and you were just trusting and doing the things. And it's funny in the short amount of time since that's happened, right? We, this is like last year that we're talking about. I look back at what that experience now has allowed me to share with other people, right? I'm not, I'm not trained as a hypnotherapist. I did, I don't, I haven't been called to go down that path, but still that experience that you shared with me, even as, you know, one practitioner to another, you just sharing with me, showing me it, going through my own experiences has allowed me to add that extra level of nuance and context to the work that I do. Right. So this isn't even a sort of, you know, a healer thing. This is a constant adding of layers that we're all reflecting to each other. Does that, <laughs> does that resonate? Marisola? Oh, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. Um, I think that, I think that, uh, there's so many layers to that. Yeah, that there I really is. There is. Yeah, I well, completely, completely agree. Well, let's um, uh, let's shift here a little bit, and I want to. So we have a bit of context now for people listening, and if you're tuning in and feeling, you can start to see why I really, I'm really pulled to this person and why she has been such a big part in my journey thus far. And I'm interested now. Let's go deeper. Let's we've set the structure. Let's go into some of these components of really what you are so good at and some of the things that I really resonate with. Let's talk about emotional blocks, right? I know this is a big topic, so let's start very basic. How would you define that to someone who's new listening and wants to understand what an emotional block is? Um, all right. So the way I explain an emotional block is 
a, an emotional block is anything that blocks you from living life fully. So an emotional block could be depression. It could be anxiety. To me, it's an emotional block. The actual emotions that are attached to the emotional block. So the way I see it is how I've been trained is the emotional block. So say the emotional block is depression. The feeling generally with depression is a feeling of abandonment. And then the emotion that is attached to it is usually sadness. And so when you can identify the block, then you could identify the the feeling. And once you identify the emotion, you can process the emotion from there. And these two um, modalities that I'm trained in, the core of those is taking people into the subconscious mind to heal them. Because my belief and my the core of what I do is I take people into and I teach them how to do it for themselves. So the core, you know, one of the, the things that I have, I have an online academy and what I teach in there is how to self-therapy and the self-therapy teaches people the core of all that we're suffering from is in our subconscious mind and it needs to be healed. If 90% of what we do is comes from our subconscious mind, we better make sure that what's in there is, is on point and not some old wounds, right? Um, so yeah, it. Powerful. Let me jump in here. Okay. So yeah. I have a quick question and then a follow-up deeper dive. First okay. question, how would you define the difference if you feel like you have one? And I, and again, some of these words and concepts, we could do a show just on them alone. So I don't expect you to go deep into this, but what would you, I'm interested just as another practitioner, how would you define the difference between the subconscious and the unconscious? Um, it's just words. So my word is subconscious and other people's words could be unconscious. In hypnotherapy, they do say the unconscious mind. But for me, the subconscious, I've linked it to, it knows what it's doing. To me, the unconscious, the word unconscious means like, "Ah, it doesn't really know what it's doing. No, my subconscious mind is very powerful. It knows exactly what it's doing. So for me, it's just the, the, you know, tomato, tomato. To me, it's just a word. Yeah. Yeah, I would generally agree with that. And the reason I want to make, that distinction is that I know, especially when we start going deeper into the mental, emotional world, I think we can get lost in different definitions and then we lose the path, right? So as we go deeper here today, my role in this will be to sort of maybe add a bit more context and make this a bit easier because Maricela is so passionate, but I want to, as a listener, I, you might be totally new to some of these elements. Okay. So let's go back a bit now. You talked about the emotional blocks and the emotions that come up and moving through them. So I'm going to give you an example of a client that I had last night. I want to see your perspective on this. So I had someone come to me last night. We were talking about, uh, she was asking, she feels anger. Like we were tapping into some past events and then she, she gave an example. I feel some anger come up and then her question, her query, her challenge, which I want to get your insight on was, what do I do in that moment? So I'm seeing I've tapped into a past event and because I've tapped into that past event, some now some trapped or some blocked or some pressed, suppressed emotion mm-hmm. has come up. What would you say to that person now that wants to do the best thing they could with that emotion that is being ignited? That excites me because you know how many people don't feel their emotions. The fact that she's feeling her emotion is woohoo. Um, so what I would do in that moment, so in, in my training, um, what I have learned, not just in my training, in my experience. So what pulled me out of that suicidal depression, because I was, you know, in the depths of it, what pulled me out was the actual expressing the emotion. So um, once you feel the emotion come up, which is the anger. You have to express it in the way you express it. And it could be verbally um, or it could be in writing. It could be with an EFT tap. I don't know which, which modality you use, but what I just say is, okay, what are you angry about? I'm angry because one sentence is, I'm angry because he talked to me that way. I'm angry because I'm angry because, and usually what happens is when people go through that, I mean, not the whole story. I'm angry because this, this, and that, and that, no one-liners. I'm angry because I'm angry because all that anger there's energy attached to that anger. What ends up happening is it comes up, it comes up. And because they're expressing it with their words, it passes 90 seconds. Uh, I think it's Amy Cuddy. Nine, no, not Amy Cuddy. No, I'm sorry. That's uh, the one woman pose. Um, Jill uh, Taylor, Jill Boltley. I yep. can't remember who said it, but 90 <laughs> seconds for emotions to come up and pass. And Marcella, so, let me jump in there. Is words the only way for it to be channeled? 
In my experience, yes. Okay. In my experience, can somebody feel it? Yes, but most of the time, especially with anger, they want to say words. Mm. They want to say, oh, I'm so angry. I can't believe they said that to me. I can't believe they did that to me. But I've, I, I probably would have to sit and think about it. But can you feel the anger now? I've done EFT taps where I'm angry and I just don't say anything. I just tap, which is rare. because And I'm it releases. And it does release. Yeah. But does it release for past traumas? I don't know. Maybe it mm-hmm. does. I, again, I'd have to sit and think about it. But in what I do and how I teach it is you've got to give words to it and voice to it because the voice almost pulls the energy out. Yeah. And this is where then people start belching. Or yep. they start yawning. So just to, just to jump in there, Marissa, that's something that you taught me that I'd never, since you taught me that element, it's I've never not before then. So I'm hitting on the, the, the burping element and I would take this even further, right? So much like tears, I think tears are the one that we all understand as some kind of emotional energetic release, but, but not just, but burping, yawning, right? These, these sounds that yes, they do have a physiological function but they also have uh, an energetic and emotional space and place too but let me let me backtrack a little bit so i and maybe this is a challenge because i'm i'm going to challenge you and see what you feel about this we and i want to hit stay on the anger topic because i think anger is such an important one because it is so it is so energizing and out of all the emotions if we suppress it and don't channel it properly it can be so disruptive putting it very nicely (laughs) Very disruptive. We we used to host a room at Clubhouse called The Body Keeps Score. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that, I would encourage this book if anyone has not read it by Mr. Bezel van der Kolk. And in that book, he highlights the idea and shows the the connection between this the the physical tissue and the the suppression of emotions and trauma, but also the the channel to express through the tissue. So I'm wondering. Maricel, and maybe this hasn't come up in your practice, so maybe just your thoughts on what about using the physical body to channel maybe in this instance anger specifically. So the, the place that I go straight away is through exercise, through you know boxing, through through you know strength type movement. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, so I do believe there's a place for that because I do teach something um, when people hold anger in their physical hand. And I do teach it only for releasing the energy of the anger, but the actual expression of the emotion that's attached to a trauma or a memory or an emotionally charged event. A lot Mm -hmm. of people think I don't have no traumas. And I mean, if you've had any emotionally charged event, that is technically a trauma. Some have bigger traumas than others, but um, to actually express the actual emotion of anger or any emotion, I have found um, that it is because it's not just there's four there's four levels to there's usually four emotions that are attached to a trauma. So anger is a secondary emotion. The first is usually hurt, uh, hurt or sadness. But um, so I'll touch on that um, after. But what I do teach when it comes to releasing the energy of anger. Yes. Physically through your hands hit a, I get a plastic bat. I hit a pillow. Um, I get these poppies, you know, like what you go and get when you move and you wrap the bubble wrap. Mm -hmm. Oh, you squeeze it in your hands. Yes. You do got to release the energy of the anger that's in your body. But if you have anger and words that are going through your mind, just constantly, you're ruminating. I'm so angry. He did that. I'm so angry. Being being able to express it verbally is to help you process. That's a slight distinction, but that's a big distinction. Yeah. And for me, how I view this with what you're saying, it comes back to the power of the throat chakra, right? I often talk about the chakras in the way that I use my healing and, you know, the throat, we, we often overlook the power of the expression of an authentic truth, right? And with, with what you're saying, connecting into what you're sharing here, it's important to channel that energetic truth up and out so we can see if it is correct for us or not, right? Because now you're talking about, and maybe this transition into the next topic I want to hit on here. Now you're talking about, okay, stepping back from maybe limiting beliefs, stepping back from stories we've told ourselves about a particular memory or something that's happened in the past. So I want to shift to that, but I do want to check in with you. Is there another emotion that we could hit on first before we get to memory? I want to talk about memory healing. I know that's something that you talk about too. Do you want to hit on another emotion or do you want to skip to that? 
Yeah. If I can just complete my, my yes. thought on, on yes. the emotion. So when you, when you have, when you shift through emotions, when there is an emotion attached to a trauma, like I said, there's usually four core emotions, anger, sadness, hurt, um, fear. Those are usually the, the four ones that are attached or connected to some type of anger. When you shift through the anger and you allow that anger to come up and pass, what ends up happening is the person shifts and they say, you know what? I'm not angry anymore. I'm actually really hurt. I can't believe that this didn't happen or whatever it is. And then they shift through that. They don't feel hurt no more. And then they shift to, I'm actually really sad right now. I'm so sad. And then they feel the sadness and then they shift into a fourth emotion sometimes. And then after that, they feel somber. They feel nothing which tells me they've shifted through all of the emotions that are attached to that trauma. And then we fill it with positive stuff that you cool. are, you're strong, you're purple. So just, just, no, yeah, that wraps it up because that, uh, it completes. And I, what I want people to sort of sit with that, you know, our main point with what you just shared is this idea that there might be a couple of layers <laughs> to it. There is, yeah, and we, absolutely. and we, and we live in such a world where it's so easy for us to just skip to the next thing. Right. Often I've found in my own journey and people come to see me, but specifically in my own journey, it's so easy for us to distract ourselves, especially from the sensitivities, vulnerabilities, emotions that are moving through us. So it's so important. Uh, Part of the, the community that I make on Clubhouse is called Holding Space. Again, that's where we spend a lot of our time together. And it's so important that we create that space with time. Right. So we allow ourselves to process through the things that we need to process through. Let's shift here, Marcel, and you've already been hitting on it with the, with the different layers of emotions. Tell me, how do you define, what's your definition around memory healing? Explain this to me, explain memory healing. What, what comes up when I say that? So I found, and I use that word because when I would tell people, oh, I, you know, I help people with hypnotherapy, they would say, oh, can you make me cluck like a chicken? I'm like, no but I can help you heal that trauma that's holding you back from living life. So I used memory healing because we don't realize that those memories that come up and they do, they come up in our early twenties and we try to shove them back down by distracting ourselves by emotional bypassing, staying busy, causing more stress in our lives. Um, Those memories need to be processed and express the emotions that are attached to those memories. So when we have painful traumatic memories, if we process them and we express them, you will have better mental health. <laughs> that is the core of, of, uh, of, of what I teach is mental health is around the healing. Well, there's three parts to it, but it's around the healing of the memory. So that let memory me, is causing you me, health. Uh, let me ask a question about this. Yeah. So that memory is causing health. So let's maybe use, let's use an example here. So let I teach a lot about inner child healing. So let's use that. So let's say, I have a traumatic event in my childhood where I was verbally abused and in that abuse, my, and this didn't happen, dad, I know you listen to the podcast. I love you very much. This didn't happen, but let's say my dad in a, in a, in an event, he was yelling at me and telling me that shut up Harrison, you, you should be quiet. Your voice has no value. And maybe a part of the story that I told myself about that trauma, the memory right? Is my voice has no value. My voice has no value. My voice has no value. You created a belief. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So what am I healing here? Am I healing the actual traumatic event or am I healing and rewriting the story I told myself around it? So in that case, wow, that was fantastic. So you're healing the memory because you're processing the emotions that you felt when your dad told you that. So when your dad told you that you felt horrible, you felt, uh, you felt unwanted, unloved, you felt, um, hurt, you felt sad, you felt worried. Oh my gosh, he's not going to love me. Oh my God. So you do process the emotions. And in that the belief can be transformed. The belief is changed. The belief is, is, is turned into something else. Like, oh my gosh, I, I, I am loved. He was just, you know, impatient because so sorry to interrupt you, Marcelo, because this is very important. Oh, go ahead. Go so ahead. would you would you say up until because this is connecting two different things here? This is connecting the emotions and the mental neural pathway structure, the mental and the emotional. Yes. Would you say in your experience, 
that I would have a lot of trouble rewriting that mental belief, that mental neural pathway until I release the emotion or heal the emotion. So up until that point, if I'm listening to this and I haven't done that part, it's going to be very hard for me to do the second part. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's almost like you have a splinter in your finger and you're just maybe putting some ointment around it. The splinter is the healing, the memory, healing the trauma of what created that belief, Um, healing the emotions that were attached to that. For me, it's processing the emotions that are attached to the trauma. And once you heal that, being able to reprogram your mind, the affirmations start working, being able to to, um, uh, retrain your brain, the neuroplasticity is just easier. But when you're not pulling out that splinter, you're just, you're running. And I see too many people like that in our world that we're in, in this healing world is they do a lot of the other stuff, but they miss one important part and that's healing the traumas. Mm. When you heal. So for me, I, I teach three, three, um, three, there's three parts to, to healing and three parts of, of what I teach. One is taking control of your mind and that's taking control of those negative thoughts. The second is reprogramming the old programming, the I am and I deserves that helps with the beliefs. You know, it does. Cause mm. we have a belief we're stupid. We're done. We're not good, but the core. And when you do all three together, that's where transformation begins. All three together. The last one is healing the traumas from Mm. your past. So when you do the emotional piece, yes, that emotional piece drives everything. So so it's so powerful. And it's funny, Marcella, you're as always, you're there's some dominoes going over in my head that I'm learning here. So I appreciate you very much, my friend. This is why. This is why it's so important, in my opinion, to to have a distinct separation between mental health and emotional health, right? They work together in your model. They work beautifully together. But if we see them as the same thing, it's very easy for us to overlook one of those important steps, right? We need need to see them as two distinct elements that we can approach and integrate together. And this get goosebumps with this. Something else that I teach. And I know that you you can relate to this as well. I believe that emotions, we know that emotions, you can have a conversation through the traditional Chinese medicine perspective that certain organs create emotions, certain areas of the body create the actual emotions. I would actually take it a step further and bring in the spiritual lens here. I actually believe, so what are emotions? They're energy in motion. They are communication to help us learn, to see, to release, to heal. But what is the thing behind the emotions that is is communicating? What is the thing that is sending? Let's use, let's say, let's use the example of anger, traditional Chinese medicine through the physical lens. We know that anger could be connected to, to the liver and maybe created in the liver. But what is the driving force planting the anger in the liver? And this is where the spiritual health comes in, I believe. And I want, want to hear your perspective on this, Maricela, and where this maybe fits into this, uh, these steps that you have. I believe the spiritual being within us speaks through the emotions, right? Uses the emotions, uses these sensitivities, vulnerabilities to speak through the physical, to help us with healing, with integration, with, 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 with growth. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I, I would say yes. Cause what I just saw as you were talking, when you were saying that is I, I visually saw that the inner parts of who we are, the core, our higher self, the core of who we were brought this to this earth and meant to be is definitely, yeah, it says here, fix it, heal me. I need help. I, I mean, it's literally crying at us. This is for me where the subconscious mind, I see it as not a, not a third person, but I see it as it gets to a point where it's like, I can't hold on to all this crap that I held on to back when you were a child here, fix it. And that's where the memories start coming up. So I do what you're sharing. I would say absolutely agree with what you're saying, because it is, it's that, and then, and then it gives us that energy, that push, that, that radiating energy of like, fix this, you know, fix this. And uh, yeah. And and you can, right. It's, it's, it's a, it's a fix this, but it's also a reminder that you're, you deserve to, right? I often, I often feel within the, and and we haven't even got to this part yet. And this, I'm excited to talk about this. We often feel like we're the victim, right? We often feel like we have no power, we have no control, we can't be fixed, we can't be healed, we can't be, we can't move through 
the challenges that we've been that have been placed upon us. So I'm just going to give up. And there's nothing inside of me that has the potential to change, let alone heal. And it could not be further from the truth. And that's sort of really what I'm getting at here. So I want to get to that piece, but let's put a pause there because maybe we'll save that to the end because I think that'd be a wonderful way to wrap it all up. But let's go back to something you talked about briefly because I want to make it very clear for everyone. You talked about the neural pathways and neuroplasticity. And I, I just, I want to break this down for everyone. And I want to get maybe your explainer. So we've talked about, we've talked about the, 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 the emotional blocks. We've talked about the memory healing. Now I want to talk about going back to the, the mental side of things, the neural pathways and neuroplasticity in your opinion, my friend, where does this come into this all? Absolutely. Um, I, I love neuroscience. <laughs> the way it all plays is the, the way I see it is there's something Marissa Peer. I follow Marissa Peer. She's an, another hypnotherapist in the UK. And she says, have you, that, have you read her new book, by the way? No, I haven't. I didn't know she had one. It's but really good. You should read it. Keep going. Sorry. She says that the, you create the beliefs and then the beliefs create you, create you. And the way I see it is that we live, we have traumas from those traumas, creates these beliefs, creates these, or we make decisions. Okay. There's two, we either create a belief or we make a decision. And then those start to create us. And then we create those one-liners that say, I'm so stupid. I'm not good enough. I, I, I don't deserve to be loved. And if we say it enough times as neuroplasticity works and as, as, as we're taught in neuroscience is the repetition, the more you say it, the brain wants to, to conserve energy. The brain wants to make your life easier. So what it does, it says, oh, she's saying that she's stupid. I am stupid. She's saying that multiple times. You know what? Let me just put an autopilot for her. And then now it just plays in the background. And then it just, it, 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 it is. And you create a neural pathway from that. When you do something repetitively, when you do it consistently, when you forge a pathway that's connected to the, to the, uh, to another pathway, you connect this pathway that now grows. And now that pathway is the the pathway of negative thinking of self abuse. Um, But luckily with neuroplasticity, from that pathway, again, with breaking the, the, that this is where I teach the reprogram reprogramming the old programming, the old programming is I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I'm not good enough. I don't deserve happiness. So we replace it. If you do it consistently for 30 days, you will replace it with, I am strong. I am powerful. I am mm. intelligent. I am smart. Replacing it with the, pro- this is where affirmations, affirmations. Yeah. if you do them right, if you do them right and they're simple, I am strong. I am powerful and I deserve happiness. I deserve peace. But if you do them right and consistently science has already proven that they will create a neural pathway. This is how yeah. I came out of the self-loathing I was in. I, I had sticky notes all over my house that said, I am smart, I am powerful, I deserve happiness, I deserve peace. Uh, there's simpler ways of doing it now because there's apps that you can use. But if you're doing it every single day, you're eventually going to break the pattern or create a new habit of thinking, not just thinking, because I'm not talking about Pollyannic type, oh, life is beautiful. I'm talking about being <laughs> strong, being powerful, being embodying. Courageous. Yeah, em- embodying that. Um, and you do that with neural pathways. Yep. It's not just, you know, oh, just every so often I say it. No, be consistent. Do it all. Do, do it enough to where you're actually um, being intentional in it. It's one of my favorite tools. I, um, I, you know, I use it, you know, almost daily on Clubhouse with people that come into rooms. I use it, you know, deeply with people that come to see me just because of that exact neural pathway, neuroplastic nature of the brain. And let me just give another sort of analogy here to maybe, you know, if, if you received what Maricela just shared, beautiful, but I'm going to add this image to maybe make it cement at home even more. I think I've shared this with you, Maricela, but I use the, I use the snowy mountain analogy and the, the brainscape being, being the mountain itself and you walking down that mountain being a particular habit or a particular way of being or a belief system. And if you walk down that snowy mountain enough times, right, it's going to get to the point where you can't go down that entire mountain without going down that one path, right? Because it's so deep entrenched in the snow. But the good 
the bad thing is that, you know, once you get so deep in that path, you become another analogy here. You become the frog in the well that knows nothing of the ocean, right? So you're so deep in the path that you can't see the vast landscape of what your potential is coming back to that word. However, this is not a fixed state as neuroplasticity dictates. We have the ability to not only come up out of that path and see our vast potential, but be, but write whatever path we wish. And I want to make this very clear. And then maybe I can hear your thoughts on this, Maricela. This is where it is never a sign of weakness or inferiority or less than when you seek support, right? Because sometimes what you need to come out of that deep hole is a hand of another to pull you up or a ladder, right? Or, you know, it's the, it's the saying that we do not know what we don't know until we do know it and then we can't unknow it. So I'm wondering, Marcel, where do you think, do you agree with that analogy, one? And two, do you feel that this is where the support system of another comes in? Absolutely. I, I believe that people that don't ask for help are weak. Mm. And I know that might sting some people, but for me, it takes so much courage um, and vulnerability, but it takes so much courage to ask for help. Uh, I love, even at, in my parenting skills and now being a grandma and, and, and having son-in-laws, I had to go ask for help on how to even do that because I had never experienced it. Why would I want to go through the pains of it when I can go and ask people around me, my elders, if you want to use that word, um, to learn from? But if we're, we can't see, well, even as a hypnotherapist, I at times go to other therapists to hypnotherapists. I'm like, okay, there's a block here. I can't figure out what it is because we don't know and mm -hmm. we can't see past that. that that's initially we why I went to you, Marcella. Yeah. That's initially why I went to you. You sent the invite and that's why I did it. Absolutely. And, and it builds us because the, the, the way I see it is that we can't see what we're, what's blocking us. We can't see it from the inside. And a lot of times we can't step outside of ourselves to see it. We're too close to ourselves. Does that make yeah, sense? It makes Absolutely. perfect sense. makes yeah. perfect sense. And it's just important. one more final point here, then we'll skip to the next topic, which I can't wait to hear about, but it's, it's the human side of us, right? I believe we are spiritual beings having a human experience and that spiritual being is oneness, right? It is, it has its unlimited potential. And before we incarnated here, you know, it has all the answers. It's whole and complete, but that's not all that we are. We are also a beautiful human being, a human animal and how that human animal has evolved over the centuries has been in tribes, has been in networks, has been in families, has been in communities. So not only is it not weak, it's, it's genetically a part of what we are. So when you say no to it, you're saying no to what is innate and true within you <laughs> from a, from a human perspective. Beautifully put. Speaking of truths, Maricela, one of the things that, you know, I've been able to witness and see within your energy and your passion is this idea of anxiety and depression being something that is incurable. And I know this is a, I know this is a, the hill that you will die on, right? I know this is the hill that you can speak to very passionately. So I'm wondering, you know, maybe let's, let's start with what is your issue with that sentence of depression and or anxiety is not a curable challenge? Oh gosh. You know, they say that your passion is in things that make you angry. Have you ever heard that? Like if something really makes you angry, that's probably what your purpose is and what, you know, what you're passionate about. That's what your purpose is. That sentence, it, it, it angers me one, because I know it's a lie. Um, if I can overcome it, anybody can overcome it. The women that I've helped the last 10 years, if they could overcome it, anybody can overcome it. I think what the problem is with that one sentence is because who's saying it? Like who is saying it? Are they benefiting from saying it? We're going to get into uh, that. Don't you worry. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Because I'm ready for that one. Um, so the, the problem with that sentence is that is because I know it's a lie. I know that it is curable. I know that once people get to the core of understanding what it truly is, which is my favorite thing to do is teach you or not you, but teach people what it really is. 
And then they could heal from that. Once they understand it, I had one person say, oh my God, it's that simple. Yeah, it's that simple, but you're not told. You're not told because there's benefits and value of you continuing to be in pain. And I don't believe we should be struggling from things that are curable. Yeah. So I want to jump to that incentive piece, but let's, I want to make this very clear for people listening, you know, a part of your answer to the solution, Marcel, and correct me if I'm wrong, is part of the system that you talked about before the, the three, three steps, four steps, three steps, right? Oh, my, the, my life empowerment process. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Three steps. Mm-hmm. yeah. So do you want to just quickly highlight that again? So if someone, if someone has been blasted with this statement, you know, your anxiety or depression isn't curable, what would be your response? So other than no, they're wrong. Can you yeah. explain those steps again? Yeah. Okay. So the steps are taking control of your mind because if you're suffering from anxiety and depression, your mind is running like a wild horse in the wilderness, um, reprogramming the old programming because guaranteed that you have some old beliefs in there that, uh, that aren't serving you. And the third one is healing your past. And so when you do all three together, so I find people that maybe do one and two, but don't do the third because it's too painful or they do one, but they don't do the other two. So they're still suffering. So doing all three together is, is where the transformation begins. So if someone were to come to me and they would tell me that I wouldn't just say, well, you know, it is curable. I think the the one pivotal point in my life, when I, when I realized that it was curable, because up until I found out this one day that it was curable. I was told by the medical community that I was um, that I had a treatment resistant depression is what I was labeled and that there was nothing. Well, if you ever want to take someone's hope away, give them that diagnosis. Um, and so but what what this mentor who I learned how to come uh, get out of this uh, depression, what I learned from him was he said these powerful words and he says, if you were raised in a home with with chaos, with violence, with physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, if you were raised in a home with alcoholism, drug abuse, you are most likely depressed or have anxiety. The ACE ace, ace score, right? That's the adverse childhood events. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. For, the, for people that don't know what that is, uh, I just want to explain it here. I would look up and this is not, this is not me and Maricela speculating. This is scientific fact. If you go onto PubMed and you just search the the ACE score or the ACE studies, ACE, Adverse Childhood Events, it has directly been correlated in peer-reviewed studies now. The amount of childhood trauma that you have is directly correlated to the statistic probability and chance that you will, you know, you will, you will, you will, you will reflect some, some kind of challenge, depression, anxiety, you know, worse. So this is not conjecture. Right? No, it's not. And I don't, I don't teach. Uh, yeah. I don't teach theory. It is that yeah. proves it, but in just what you said right now, think about it. So if it has to do with our childhood, why aren't we healing our childhood? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we healing those traumas that are coming from the past? So if this is, this is why this is happening, let's go back and heal that so that now I can live a better future. Right. <laughs> So, it's, in, yeah. it's interesting, Marisela. I'm starting to put a couple of dots together in our chat, and we, I, I'm so passionate about the inner child. And I think one of the one of the originators of that passion was spending so much time with you. So I thank you so much for just the beautiful light that you are in the world. Yeah. I uh, I want to shift here a little bit. It's still in the same topic of you know the depression, the anxiety being something incurable. Let's talk about that incentive. So I've um, I've done episodes on this podcast already that should be out by the time this one comes out talking about sort of big food, right? We know that the food industry has an incentive of, of selling highly satiating, highly sugary, sugary foods to produce a profit, right? We know that, you know, certain big medicine, right? Big medicine from a physiological perspective has an incentive to promote surgeries, promote the physical the physical, uh, what would be the word, the physical procedures that, do not get me wrong, I'm not saying that they are never necessary. There's a time and a place for all of this, but there is an incentive there to sell those kinds of procedures. So with this sort of foundation, would you say, Marcella, in your opinion, there is an incentive from maybe a mental and emotional side of this industry that we're all a part of to keep people sick from an anxious and depressive lens. A thousand percent. Absolutely. If there is money to be made, 
that if there's money to be made, then absolutely they want to keep you sick. Uh, they want to keep you uh, depressed. They want to keep you unwell because when people are well, there's no more pills that they can give yeah. you. There's no, there's nothing that you'll you'll be able to take from it. But I I, I just I feel like um, the importance of knowing that you know is is powerful. But I, do I blame all of our medical community? I think a no. lot of they're just trained in it. They don't yeah. even know. They don't yeah. know what they don't know. Yes. I, I have a mentor who is a therapist. Cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I have a. I have a. Um. Um. A mentor that was. A, that's a psychologist, and she said that she ran clinics, but then she started actually healing people because she started using different modalities. And her boss came to her and said, "Hey, what are you doing? You, you don't have any more clients." She's like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm helping them. They're not coming back because you know I'm really giving them these great tools." And he says, "Stop it." <laughs> it's not a business model. I've even been told I've been told that my business model is not a good business model because I'm ha- actually curing people or not. I'm not curing them. They're curing they're not themselves. coming back. They're not coming back. <laughs> yeah, they're not coming back. And I said, praise God, that is my goal. <laughs> that is my goal. But, um, you know, I, I think, too, what's important to understand it. There's a fantastic book that I think anybody that has ever suffered and anybody that is learning mental health, uh, that has anybody that suffered in the mental health world or, or even going into the into the career of it. There's a book called um, um, Cracked by James Davey. He's a psychologist. And he talks about where the DSM comes from. He mm. talks about uh, how the DSM has no, uh, no mm. scientific backing to it, how this Bible that these people use to diagnose has absolutely, there's no biological tests for it. It just, it's painful to know that there is a system out there that just wants to keep you unhealthy, unsafe. And I'm going to tell you back we are the only country, and I heard this, and I haven't researched it. I don't know how true it is, but I would say it's pretty true. But I heard that we are the only country that promotes on commercials yep. pharmaceuticals. Yes, I and think New so, Zealand, New Zealand, and the U.S. I think they're the yes. two countries in the world. Yeah, I mean, we're already yeah. being programmed. We're you watch TV, you're being hypnotized. Yeah, you're being hypnotized. Only a pill is going to cure it. That's a whole other podcast, that's probably true. coming up in the future. But let me, I want to say two things here. First of all. I, if you're interested in the sort of pharmaceutical supplementation element, I did a podcast with, and I think, you know, him, Marcella, Dr. Phil Carson, he came on and we talked about, he's a, um, a doctor of pharmacy and he gave his perspective on just how deep and entrenched, you know, people in the U S specifically, but around the world are in the sort of pharmaceutical model. And he treats people that are on 20 different pharmaceutical medications, you know, that they're taking a day. So this is not this is not just me, Maricela, sort of riffing here. This is a real issue and challenge. But I also want to just give some love. If you're a practitioner, Absolutely. you're a person, but also a practitioner, a doctor, a therapist listening to this. One, I don't expect you to believe any of the words that we're saying. We're, you know, I love Maricela very much. She loves me. And we're having a chat with our opinions. What I would like you to do is see how these words resonate, right? And look into these things. And if they're incorrect, beautiful, keep doing what you're doing. But if they're correct, then I would encourage you to take action on that, right? And you said it beautifully. It is not the people. It is the systems that themselves that are manufacturing a, a, a type of person. But the good news is that you as that person, you never have to give your power away to them. If you are, if you are, it is unconscious. So the good news is take that giving away unconsciously, st- consciously bring it into your awareness and take that power back, right? And maybe use use this chat to do so. Does that Absolutely. resonate? It does. <laughs> I was about, because I wanted to throw this in is, yeah. is that I'm taking that not just because oh, I, you know, we're not to, like you said, riffing or bashing on people, but yeah. this is from my own experience because yeah. I took all the medication. I did everything I was told to do for three to four years and nothing was working. Well, it's because I had emotional trauma that no pill is going to cure. Unfortunately, we have a system that also um, um, pathologizes human suffering. And that's just, we, we have to dif- differentiate between the two there's human suffering. And then there are true mental illnesses. I mean, truly there are things that are, yeah. you know, 
So yeah, I just, I want to make sure that this is, I want people to understand that this is coming from my experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not just, rah, 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 rah. this has yeah. truly happened to me. I saw it. I came out of it. Uh, so. And we feel it, Marcella. And as always, and this is why we need these chats because this is nuanced <laughs> this is not black and white. And this is what we need to see. Marcella, we've had such a passionate chat and that it's been the quickest hour of my life. I want to, I want to get one more question in, but before I get to that question, I want to give you the space now, as we've been hearing, as the listeners have been tuning in, you know, connecting to the wisdom and the insights that you've been offering. I'm wondering if you have some, you know, something you want to promote, something you want to share with everyone that if they're interested in your work and they want to reach out to you, what, what do you wish to give them? Absolutely. So if I would say, so I don't do hypnotherapy outside of my course anymore. So I, I, I'm a founder of a, an online academy called the Life Empowerment Academy and in that I teach uh, the life empowerment process. And so I only actually offer hypnotherapy now to people in my course or members of my course or members of my membership, um, because I found that you really need, I'm looking to heal the whole person, a holistic approach, not just here. Let me just, you know, do a little band-aids. But um, so if they go to my website, my website at the top, I have a free gift there that people, it's a free PDF to help people with stress and overwhelm. It's three of the most powerful techniques that I use in my own life. And I offer to my clients too, to help them remove stress because stress leads into the overwhelm and all the stuff that leads down into depression and anxiety and panic attacks and all. But um, if they go to my website, they can get that free course. I mean, free uh, PDF. And in that you do join my community as far as my email community. And I let you know when my course is open, I only open it uh, every seven to eight weeks. I do as you know, people, people, I got a lot of people that need help. Um, and from there, you'll be notified if it's something that they want to know more. I'm actually going to be, I don't know when, when it's going to be released, but you could DM me on Instagram or um, my social medias. I have a YouTube page, but um, the best way to connect with me and stay in front of, or be notified of when my course is open and how to work with me would be through the PDF or even just a, a DM on Instagram would probably be the best two things that I have right now. Beautiful. And what I'll do is if you are interested, I'll uh, put Maricela's contact details, her Instagram, her website, the PDF, I'll put it in the show notes. So just click on the, click on the details of this show while you're there giving a beautiful review of this podcast and what you've got out of it. You can also see Maricela's experience, her, her background, and also these links to connect with her. Maricela, I have one final question for you, a big part of this cosmic love antenna platform, my transformation, my coaching that I'm bringing through the podcast to share with people like you and everyone listening is this idea that the extent in which we tap into our deep level of self-love is the extent in which that love radiates, radiates out into the cosmos across mind, emotions, body, and spirit. So I'm wondering, Maricela, how do you define that love word? For me, love is... For me, love is an emotion, but for me, love is an energy that I feel in the deepest part of my soul. And that love does radiate, but there's, there's sometimes there's so much love, gosh, but then there's some sometimes, sometimes so much love for something or for someone that, you know, it hurts because I love humans and I want them to heal. And then there's times where they're not ready to heal and it's painful because I'm like, you need to heal. Let me help you. But I have to, you know put that love away sometimes. But for me, love, I think is definitely, uh, it's an emotion. It's the deepest part of, of who we are. I think we're all born. It's an innate, uh, part of us, right? It's we're born with it. Um, I know for you, love is God. And to me, God lives inside of me too. Um, and, uh, but I do differentiate the two for me. God is, you know, kind of like a dad or I guess a father to me, but, uh, my creator. Um, but, yeah, that's how I see it. I know you always have the most beautiful words to explain it, but I don't know. That's just the most simplest thing. I tend to be a little more practical sometimes, I guess, but that's the simplest I think, thing. I think your words were just as beautiful, my friend, and they were beautiful because they were your words, right? They were flowing from that love space. Marcella, I love you very much. Thank you for coming on for a chat. I'm feeling energized and grounded and all the things now. Beautiful souls, 
Thank you for listening and tuning in to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. Mm-hmm. Myself and Maricela, we love you unconditionally. We wish you a wonderful evening, morning, and night wherever you are in the world. We'll see you next time for your next regular session and episode. And with that, we're out. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison. M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there.